God bless and welcome to this week's episode of Family Discussion. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Family Discussion is a podcast of Reform Margins, a site dedicated to providing a platform for people of color to engage the larger Reformed and Evangelical conversations. Jesus teaches us in the Gospel of John that the world will know that we are his followers by the way that we love one another. And yet it seems like the love of Jesus is less and less evident in the way that we speak to and about one another, especially when we disagree. So, in the hopes of recapturing the brother-sister love that Jesus has won for us, we are calling a family meeting. For the next half hour, let's cut through the noise and look at the issues without slander and malice. It's time for a family discussion. Well, God bless and welcome back to another episode of Family Discussion, the beginning of a brand new season. My name is Marcus Ortega. I am one of your hosts, and as always, I am joined by the astounding Lisa Spencer. Lisa, how you doing today? Astounding, huh? Well, you know, it's Friday at the end of a hectic week, and I don't <laughs> think astounding is, you know, the first word I'd go for, but you know what? Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's pretty astounding that at the end of a Friday you are here talking with me about things of theology. Of That's course. a pretty astounding thing. Of so, course. And it's a great know. way to end a work week. I think so. I think so too. So, uh season premiere for us. Pretty exciting. How was your summer? You know, my summer was great. I got to go to Chicago for uh the listeners. I actually was born in Chicago. I, um, my parents moved to Southern California when I was five, but I got to go back to Chicago every summer and eventually every summer and winter, but spend my summers, um, there and, you know, I have family there. And so it was pretty neat, um, you know, getting to see family. Um, we went because my husband's nephew is a, an assistant conductor with the Baltimore symphony and he was debuting with the Chicago symphony. So that is what prompted the trip. Um, and it was great because the whole, um, you know, that whole concert was devoted to uh, underrepresented and unheard voices. And so you oh, have awesome. a, you know, composition. There was one piece, there was, it was uh, composed by a woman. Um, the piece that our nephew did was composed by an African-American um, composer. And then the, and it, it ended with, um, so the guy that wrote the Charleston was actually black and yep. it was really a tribute to his music. His life goal was to write music for the symphony, which of course at that time that just wasn't going to happen. And so the share right. of the Chicago symphony is highlighting his music. So it was really a neat, it was really a neat evening and a, and a very, a very nice trip. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, I'm glad you got to get home to Chicago and do that. I know it's weird to say home, but you grew up there, so there's a little bit of a, I, a little bit of home type was. of feel, was, right? It, I yeah. always considered it my second home. We got to go up to the Sears Tower, which now is the Willis Tower. I don't know who Willis is, but to me, it will always <laughs> it will always be the Sears Tower. Unfortunately, right. there was zero visibility that day because, look, you're on the 103rd floor or something like that. I, You know, mm -hmm. I've been there before, and it's a spectacular view. We just couldn't see it that day. Um, so other than that, just, um, you know, just trying to enjoy the summer. And, okay. it, and you know, I actually listened to a um, 
I caught up on a podcast series um, that's been getting all the buzz lately, but we can talk mm-hmm. about that in a minute after you talk about all how your right. summer's been. You know, my I actually went home as well. So um, spent a couple of weeks in Arizona. I grew up in the deserts of Arizona, right on the border of the U.S. and Mexico, and I had not been back there in 12 years. Um, and so I went down there, saw family. Uh, I've seen the family, but ordinarily, I mean, my mom moved up to the Phoenix area. So when I go back to Arizona, I just go to that area uh, or they come out to us um, when I'm going to see family. So it's the first time in 12 years that I've been down in that valley. And it really was nice to be back, um, to be back there in the desert. And I thought I'd hate the desert because I grew up hating the desert, but I actually kind of liked it. The desert in August is not the end of the world. It's it's hot, but it was it was kind of nice to be back down there and see things. I got to show our kids uh, where I was born, what the houses that I'd lived in there on the border, um, where I met their mom, stuff like that. It was really really cool, and so got to be involved in that. My wife was with me, of course, and and so she got to see her old house and stuff. It was it was a wonderful trip. So a little bit of a homecoming for me as well this past summer. The rest of it was just doing summer with kids. Uh, parents out there know what that's like. So um, excited to be back now in the school year. They're excited to be back in school, and we're we're. Uh, all engines forward on this one. But uh, I've also been listening to an interesting podcast, and a little birdie tells me it's the same podcast that oh, you've been yeah. listening to. And we're going to talk about that in a second. And and it's going to... This is an introductory episode. We're introducing a new season of our show. Uh, it's a continuation of the last season. So we are uh, continuing to look at issues of race and justice and ethnicity and uh, also gender this season. Um, from a systematic theological lens, we're, we're looking at these issues saying, what do all the different areas of systematic bring to these hot button issues? And it's born out of a conviction that we both share that if the hot button issues of the day were viewed through the lens of systematic theology, there may not be agreement on everything, but at least we'd have a better handle on how to wrestle through these difficult issues and so um just so people are aware we're going to circle back around to this at the end of the episode um we've we've looked at the doctrine of scripture already we've looked at the doctrine of god already now we look at uh really the doctrine of man and the doctrine of sin that's going to be our focus for this season we've mapped out quite a few episodes we hope to have some guests join us on the show so there's a lot of cool things coming up but these episodes come from a place And they come from people who are dynamic and who are wrestling through things and who are hearing all the chatter that's out there in the world. And so what we don't want to do is we don't want to present this present this as here's the definitive answer to these things from systematic categories. Um, I'm a pastor who's wrestling with um, my own role as a pastor. Um, What does it mean to be a pastor on a podcast? How do I love well my people? These are the things that I'm thinking through. Um, you're you're speaking as a laywoman in the pew, and and just trying to how how do congregants wrestle with these issues well and have the the theological chops to be able to do this. This is coming from a place, and that place has been impacted over the last summer by a lot of the things that are going on. Particularly, a podcast, some books that have been written. There's been, it's it's been an interesting summer from that perspective. 
So, Lisa, what's the podcast you've been listening to? Oh, yeah, that little birdie is right. So, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Yep, it has been elicited. It has been elicited. And I'll tell you something. First of all, I I was really uh, surprised, impressed that it was so well done. I mean, just from a a production standpoint, I was not anticipating. It it makes it sound like what we're doing, like a third grade science project. (laughs) 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 You're not wrong. I was like, dang, that's fancy. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Just, you know, from that production standpoint. But but of course, what really the meat of it is the content and what they are doing. It's gotten some criticism. I think there's some caution to be had with listening to it, right? Because you don't want to become the and, and I, I saw an article about this and, and called it, you know, the unattended consequences of failure porn. And this can easily be where you, you know, become the the cheerleaders of, you know, this, you know, this fall, this demise of it. And, you know, and I think it was I, I'm actually glad it, you know, it fell it needed to fall. But. At the same time, you don't want to become that which you hate. You know, I, I almost didn't listen to this podcast because mm-hmm. of that. Um, you know, when I, when I saw that it was coming out, you know, they, they put out an advanced trailer a few weeks before the first episode dropped. And I, I it took me a little while to listen to the first episode because I was thinking to myself, if, if this is just a voyeuristic look into the death of a church, I, I don't want to see that. Amen. That's it's it's really painful for the people who attended. I, I don't want to sit there and just bash Mark Driscoll. I'm not interested in that. Uh, I, I was really just I was unsure how it would go. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the rave reviews, especially around those first couple episodes, it's like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And for most of the first episode, I remained unconvinced. It was at the very end, and um, I hope they don't get upset if I just say what happens at the end of the first episode, because, you know, go listen to the whole thing. Um, But he says, what if this isn't about Mars Hill? What if this is about all of us? And I went, okay, I'm in. That hooked me. That really got me. And I said, all right, he's, he's taking a look at really the entire evangelical subculture um, and, and there's a reformed flavor to it because there was a reformed flavor to Mars Hill. Um, but he's looking at the whole subculture and I think it's been really, really insightful. It's been very painful to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's made me sit back and really consider some things. Um, what, what is, what is really stuck out the most to you about this show? And I would say the, the latter episodes, is what I found like that was more for me. If that doesn't cause us to look at ourselves and how we treat Christian culture, right? I mean, you call it subculture, but how, how do we treat uh, Christian culture? Because there is this celebrity element that comes out and it doesn't come out uh, in a vacuum. It's because it's supported. It's praise. It's allowed to persist. And, you know, and I have to think about, like, man, how do we, you know, I mean, we have people who really encourage us, who um, write, you know, before the, um, before the, we started recording, when I was talking about how I would get a little kind of giddy when I found out Sinclair Ferguson was going to guest preach at our church. 
You know, now get, look, Sinclair Ferguson is not trying to build a brand. You know, he's coming to you with the word of God. And if there's ever someone that I think is, it, I, it's, it's so obviously humble before the scriptures, it's him. He's not, he's not trying to do it. A lot of folks are, aren't. Even, you know, the ones that have the, the K's behind the, their follower number <laughs> are, you know, maybe they're not trying to do that. But there's something that we do that promotes this celebrity. And in some cases, it goes, so the person that are, is our, ha, already has, um, is, is oriented towards, you know, being like a, Mike, a Mark Driscoll, right? Where he's, you know, where it does become about building a brand to the point where you resist any opposition. You basically crush any opposition to that mission. Um, then, you know, we really need to take, you know, yeah, don't look, don't listen to Mars Hill as, oh yeah, it's, you know, we want to see Driscoll go down. Like, no, listen to it as, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what mm -hmm. are we accepting as, you know, as faithful Christian expressions, as faithful Christian methodology? What are we accepting? What are we doing? That's, that's the lens in which we need to listen to it. So the last two episodes, in that regard, um, one was, you know, one was focused on the branding. The other one was focused on the church structure. And that one, that episode in particular was real. I mean, that almost had me in tears. Yeah. Um, because this happens. This is not just exclusive to Mars Hill. This, this happens in a lot of churches where you have a, you know, where the church is basically structured around a personality. And I would say, let's not stop at church. Right. It's, you know, there are online ministries, podcasts, and this is where it became really instructive for me. And especially because of what we're doing, we're podcasting. Yeah. And oh, by the way, there are people who get popular podcasting, right? They, in a, in a way, you build a brand. And so I'm as I'm listening to Mars Hill, I'm like, okay, I have to be mindful of the fact that I'm in a public space expressing my opinion. I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that it's it's us having a conversation, right? So we are each submitted uh, to church authority in our local context. And we're not trying to sit here and be authority. We're having a conversation about issues that are, are facing the church that hopefully will have some um, encouragement for, you know, for our listeners who are probably wrestling with the same things, right? We started this podcast because we noticed that there were some issues in which you and I disagreed on. And that in, especially in the online spaces, especially in social media, people weren't necessarily agreeing well about mm -hmm. things that they differed on. And so we wanted to you know, say, hey, let's have a conversation on how, how we can, you know, deal with these issues where we disagree. So that yeah. that was the whole premise of why we started. It wasn't, well, let me tell you, you know, how you ought to think. Golly, no, I'm y'all have pastors, I hope. Y'all have church mm -hmm. leaders, y'all have disciplers who should be doing that. That's not what we're doing here. Well and you know what's really a difficult thing in a podcasting type of a 
we what the other ditch here is to become famous or become celebrities for being anti-celebrity mm, yeah you know like it, it's it's this really weird i i'm really wrestling uh, and i i hope listeners understand i'm i'm wrestling with being hypocritical in criticizing the celebrity culture that evangelicalism sets up but the anti-celebrity culture is just as pervasive Hmm. And it is uh, just as popular. Mm -hmm. I I liken it to pop music and alternative music. They may be playing to different fans, but they're playing to fans. And I I don't know how... I don't know how to do a podcast like this and not promote this kind of celebrity culture in one way or another i just don't know how to do it and and i'm wrestling with it because i think what we're doing has value and i think that this could be a resource for people to to try and wrestle with the difficult issues of the day from a systematic theological lens from a biblical lens from a christian lens um i think that the the demonstration of what it looks like to disagree with one another in christ as a brother and sister in christ is valuable and important I don't know how to push back against celebrity culture. I, I don't know how to guard that in my own heart. I, I don't know how to do it. I'm working at it. I'm trying. Uh, what I've done with, with the rise and fall of Mars Hill is I've allowed it to really um, carve away at me a little bit. Because it's easy to say, oh, look at Mark. But there are so many churches that have pastors who are on this kind of a a power trip type of a a way of doing things that aren't famous but are still doing the same things. I I have those same inclinations in my own heart. I'd be silly to think that I don't. And and as we do these episodes and as we talk to people who maybe have followings, like some of the people we hope to bring on the show have written books on these issues, have talked about these things, are popular, are even celebrities. I don't know what to do with that. And and so I, I wish I had an answer. <laughs> I'm just letting people know I'm wrestling with it as well and uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure where I end up end up falling. Right. On some and, of this and stuff. at the same time we don't want to dismiss the contributions. We don't want to dismiss the ways that God has gifted people, you know, in di- you know, in different ways. And that there are, you know, some who, you know, produce a more copious amount of you know, material for the body of Christ. And, you know, and I think it does take discernment. And especially with, you know, the online platform, you know, who are you promoting? Are you really promoting Christ and his church? Or are you promoting yourself and your brand? And I think that becomes very obvious. And my hope is, you know, and and so I do want to contribute in that way. And I always want to point to Christ. Now, yeah. You talked about the temptation in our hearts. I think there is a temptation, especially when people start liking you and, and you know, advertising like, oh, my gosh, I know I have a few people like they're so excited. They're just waiting for, you know, waiting for this the new season to begin. Right. And there's, you know, there is a way that we anticipate good things, good contributions to the body. But it also means we have to take it, like put it in perspective and from the podcasting vantage point, I would hope knowing that temptation is there, that you could be seduced 
by the praise and the accolades and the followers, right? You start getting like, you know, you share it with me. I know the first few seasons, I didn't want to know the numbers. Um, <laughs> I just didn't. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to know the numbers. Yeah. But when you shared the numbers with me, I'm like, oh, I, we're actually doing better than I thought. You know, something like that can start influencing yeah. how you talk, how you present. Like, oh, if I just say it this, if I talk about these things, this is what gets the more attraction like man we need to be talking about the things of christ and how that yeah. relates to the issues of our day not how am i going to say something that gets get get you know gets more clicks and shares and likes and, and blah 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 and i would hope that but you know if either of us start going down that trail that we would be open to like one be bold and say hey you're starting to get a little big headed Right. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. we would also be open to people in our lives who see it, you know, see you going down that trajectory and saying, hey, you know, uh, I noticed, you, you know, there's been kind of a turn in your, you know, in, in what you're doing and your delivery and your content. Um, and, and it becomes more about building a brand. Right. And yeah. I would just. And I think a big part of it is just knowing you have that temptation, right? Yeah. And to just keep it before the Lord, like, hey, let, let's just keep it in perspective, keep grounded in what we're doing, you know, coming to the realization, you know, like, yeah, may, okay, maybe we don't get the hundreds of thousands of listeners. That's okay. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. if it's, you know, it's, it's going to touch who it's going to touch, right? Let the yeah. Lord use it how he will to however many people he wants to like that really should be our concern. Amen. Amen. And, and it's, you know, one of the things that you mentioned there that I, I want to highlight, cause I think it's important. Um, there are people who were looking forward to the new season. They want to celebrate the, the new season. Their celebration is good. Mm -hmm. Celebration is very biblical. Um, there's learning how to celebrate without celebrity. That's, that's something mm. that we, we, it's a fine line. You know, how do we celebrate the contributions of people to the kingdom without making celebrities of them? Um, that's, I don't know how to do, I, I think that we have become, um, it, it's become difficult to do that because we're so saturated in celebrity culture. But we don't want to throw out celebration and we don't want to throw out appreciation and we, we don't want to throw out these um, you know, to give honor to those who have who, who are worthy of honor, right? So to to honor those people in your lives, to celebrate them is good. It's how do you find the line of doing that without getting into celebrity? Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer to that. And um, I'm wrestling with it. But I think you're right. In the end, it, it, the glory needs to go to Christ in everything that we're doing. And um, our hearts are to see Christ glorified through the conversations that we have. Um, through loving brother-sister disagreement, through loving brother-sister agreement, um, through digging through the scriptures and conforming our minds and our hearts to the things of Christ rather than the things of this world. All of that should be um, for his glory, not for ours. And that's what we're trying to do. And in that spirit, I want to read um, 2 Timothy chapter 1, just a verse or two. To, to kind of move us now into introducing where we're going with this season and, and also summarize a little bit of where we've been. Um, this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, 
starting in verse 13. This is Paul speaking to Timothy, his protege. He says this, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. We have been given in the scriptures a pattern of sound words to follow as we deal with the issues of the day. That pattern of sound words, another word for that might be systematics. Um, it's a pattern. Systematics is categories. It's a way of thinking, a way of understanding things. It's got to be biblical. You can build a systematic theology that's thoroughly divorced from the scriptures. People do it all the time. Um, but I what had we're to trying read to some do... of that stuff in seminary. It wasn't fun, let me tell you. <laughs> um, and so what we're trying to do is say, all right, here's some issues out there. There's a lot of conversations around social justice. There's a lot of conversations around race and ethnicity. Um, there's a lot of conversations around gender and sexuality and abuse and, and all of these issues that um, we want to have the pattern of sound words to be able to do this faithfully as followers of Jesus Christ. Um, and so we started doing this last season. I think it was just last, last season, season that we started mm-hmm. this. Um, Lisa, why don't you kind of summarize for us a little bit where we've been, kind of just the categories that we've touched on. And, you know, so it doesn't have to get into detail. We only have a few minutes. Oh boy! But just so people know, hey, um, go back to earlier seasons to touch on these particular systematic categories um, that we're not just diving in at Doctrine of Man, but that we've already talked about some stuff before. But I, I think you mentioned it towards the beginning of the, the episode, because we did start this kind of mid-season. We started out season three wanting to address the issue of race and justice. And so we had, a, you know, we had a few conversations about, you know, about that. What is race? What, how are we looking at race and racism? Um and then, you know, you actually, you have the brilliant idea to like, hey, why don't we look through, look at this through the lens of systematic theology? And I, and I, and I do, and what I've really appreciated about it, uh, aside from the fact that I feel like I'm putting my, those tuition dollars to work, um, <laughs> is more importantly, Amen to that. more importantly, that it sets up guardrails, right? Because there's a way in which I see the Bible being used where passages can be cherry picked according to whatever your socio-political orientation is and used that way. And what systematic theology forces you to do is kind of look broadly at how, how is this particular issue being viewed in context of this particular doctrine, right? And we're looking at the whole of scripture, not just the little cherry picked ones that we like because we think it supports our position, right? On these, you know, on these political and cultural issues. Um, And so in that way, I, you know, I've appreciated, you know, we started with God. Well, you start from God, right? And this was a conversation we had to have because a lot of systematics start with scripture. Well, how do we know about who God, how do we even get scripture? Well, because God breathed through men, it all starts with God. And so we have to start with the doctrine of God and move into, you know, who, you know, just look at the attributes, how, who is God? Um, what has he done in creation? And then, um, you know, and then that gets to, his revelation, 
right? His, his, because we, the only thing, the only ways that we know about who God is, is because what he has revealed to us. And he has revealed through, uh, through his word, through his acts and history, through creation, and ultimately through his son, right? Hebrews uh, 1, 3, you know, Jesus is the exact representation. Um, you, you know, and he says in, in um, I think it's John, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And so there is, um, you know, in this way, um, God has revealed himself to us, but then what do we make of it? And that's when we got into, you know, how are we reading the Bible? What, um, what cultural impact are we bringing to the Bible that, you know, our perspectives where we can kind of make, not make it say what we want it to say, but, you know, but twist it. Um, and hopefully, you know, looking at that through the lens of systematic theology is, you know, is challenging us in that regard. Because we all have biases. Oh, we all have biases. And, you know, I, I've I've enjoyed having the conversations around Scripture because I think what they did, those those episodes around really how do we read the Bible faithfully, aware of our own biases. What that's done for us, I think, is um, it's helped us simply be more aware of ourselves as we get into these conversations. Because I think we can be blind to our biases and we can say, I'm just being biblical. And we've talked a little bit about, well, everybody's trying to be biblical. What do we mean by biblical? Um, right. You know, the the biases are, are key, and they're not just key in how we deal with the issues of the day. They're key in how we understand who God is. And so those other episodes where we talked about the doctrine of God, I think were really, really important for us, especially as we got into some of the um, uh, attributes of God and who God is, and then how those attributes, how our understanding of God impacts the social justice conversation and the race conversations. Um, and so we've, we've dealt with God's self-revelation. We've dealt with God's God. And what does it mean that God is just? What does it mean that he is creator? Um, we've asked some of these questions and we've gone through them in the hopes that we don't see the issues of social justice and race as periphery issues that are only dealt in ethics but that actually our doctrine of scripture and how we understand the Bible will impact those conversations. That how we understand what the gospel is. Going back a few seasons ago when we talked about what is the gospel and a broad understanding of the gospel or a narrow understanding of the gospel, that will impact your understanding of, the, of today's issues. Um, and who God is. Because our actions around issues of justice and race should reflect who God is. If they don't, then we need to change our actions. And so talking through the doctrine of God a little bit and his attributes and who he is and the way that that impacts our approach to justice, these have all been, I think, helpful conversations. And I hope have been helpful to people who are trying to get their head around the always changing, always moving uh, debates around social justice and race and gender. Um, you know, we talked about God as creator. We talked about God as revealer. And that leads us to this season and what we're going to be wrestling with now for the next uh, quite a few weeks. This is, a, I think our seasons slowly keep getting longer. <laughs> and that's funny okay. Funny how that works. <laughs> uh, funny how that works. 
we're dealing with uh, the next loci in systematic theology as they're ordinarily structured. You deal with doctrine of scripture and doctrine of God first, and then you get to the doctrine of humankind, the doctrine of man. Um, and we're going to be talking about what is a person? What is man? How has man been created? What is the relationship between the genders? What is our understanding of human beings as sexual creatures? So we're going to talk about um, issues of sex and gender, and and we will be touching on the hot-button issues around sex and gender that are happening in the culture. Um, Lisa, as, as you've been preparing for this season, and as we start moving into the conversation around doctrine of man and, and then doctrine of sin, what are what is something that you hope our listeners get out of these conversations? Like, what's one of your goals as we enter into these loci, these categories of systematic theology? Well, I, my hope, two, two hopes. One, one would be to really take serious what God has said about, you know, about who we are, what God has revealed, what God's purpose, what his expectations are, because I think what's happening, what I see happening is, you know, there are some ways there is a, a growing segment of the church that I think is becoming too influenced by what the broader culture says about how we should view issues of sex and gender. And it's in the con and there's a contrast that I think is going to grow more stark. Um, and so we don't want to be pe we want to be pe people who are who are sensitive. We want to be people who are thoughtful about you know what has God really said, right? Because there I think there's a way we can allow you know there's a subculture way. You know so we have the broader culture, but then we can allow sort of our man-made subculture to influence how we see issues of sex and gender that aren't exactly what God said either, right? We just right. we just put a biblical stamp on it and say God said it's like well, maybe maybe not, you know, and and you know, yeah. and to really be be thoughtful, to to be mindful. How much of this culture or subculture are we allowing to influence how we view these issues? So that's my first hope. My second hope is that we won't pounce on that mm. the listeners won't pounce. Like you know, we're we're just in a very in a growing intolerant culture, right? Uh, you just say the three words, man. You are lumped in a camp. Uh, that's all it takes. Like, can I finish the sentence first? Bam, you know, you're in a box. Um, some there, I think there are some hard issues that you know. Allow some wrestling. You know, look, we're not falling off the Orthodox train because, you know, because you said, oh, well, okay, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Oh, there he goes, you know, down the slippery slope. <laughs> right? It, like I said, we're just ready to, like, put people in a camp. Like, yeah. allow people. Some of, some of these issues are, I don't think they're, I don't, there are some things that are cut and dry, right? There are two genders. That's cut and dry. There, there's no right. ambiguity, right? Right. But what do you do with the person who feels like they should be another gender, right? Well, you shouldn't feel that way. You're a man, you're a woman. Well, yeah, but what if they do feel that way? Right. You know, 
how do we deal with the gender roles and the different views on the gender roles? Like what ex how much of how much of that is influenced by culture or subculture? Mm -hmm. um, and you know, how much of that is really like this is these are the parameters that we need to think about this if we're going to really think biblically. And so I, my hope is that, you know, especially in this season, we're going to be talking about some hard issues, allow for the wrestling. Yeah. And, and I think I'm grateful for you saying that. And I think that would be my main goal as well. We, what's difficult about a podcast is once a podcast is released, it's there forever unless we decide to pull People it down, right? Receipts. And even if we decide to pull it down, ordinarily we'll have decided to pull it down after a bunch of people have downloaded the episode and it's there for posterity. Well, that's the biggest challenge of doing this and processing our theology a little bit. I think what we'll find is that when it comes to the truths of Scripture, we're going to be pretty clear on what, what does Scripture say it's in the pastoral situation. What do you do with the person who feels as if they are in the wrong gendered body? Uh, that is a pastoral question that needs a lot of room for messiness and a lot of love and a lot of grace and a lot of care. And we may not answer the questions the way that you like. Um, we're probably not going to answer this questions in the same way between the two of us. Um, that wrestling is, uh, I think, part of the freedom that we have in Christ. Um, to, and it's also evidence of our finite minds. We are creatures. We're not the creator. We don't have all the answers. We're going to publicly wrestle, and there's a vulnerability in that. And so what I would ask is... Um, the not pouncing is, I saw this on Twitter today, um, somebody wrote something really mean to a celebrity. And the celebrity answered and said, what did I do? And the person said, oh, I didn't think you're going to answer. I was just being a troll. You're you're doing totally fine. I'm sorry. But they were honest. I mean, they were honest, <laughs> honest troll. I don't even know what to make of that. <laughs> the response of the celebrity after the person apologizes I'm a real person. Mm. And that was really, really like, that sat me back. I'm a real person. Um, and we're wrestling. Lisa's a real person. You're wrestling. We're trying to, we're, we're wrestling in a evangelical subculture that is tough <laughs> and hard to be a part of in a lot of ways. And we're wrestling. And we're going to be dealing with some really difficult issues. We're going to do it from systematic categories. We're going to do it from the Bible. We're going to speak with authority where the Bible speaks with authority. And we're not going to speak with authority where the Bible doesn't speak with authority. We're going to wrestle where the Bible and doesn't speak with authority. And acknowledge, like, you know what? I think, yeah. this, I, I think that I'll, I'll interpret it this way, right? We can definitively say what Scripture says, how we interpret yep. what Scripture says. You know, given given our finiteness, yeah, is you know that, that's a different matter. Yeah, absolutely. So, so really, we're looking at two categories of systematic theology over this season. We're looking at the doctrine of human creation, doctrine of human beings. Who, what is a human being? And we're looking at the doctrine of sin. Um, really, the structure that you'll see as we have these conversations is: here's how God made us. Here's how sin has distorted us. 
Um, and that will help as we start tackling not just gender conversation, but social justice and race conversation as well. Um, we were joking about earlier, before we jumped on the, the recording, we were joking about how people are like, we thought we were talking about justice and race. When are we going to get to justice and race? <laughs> we will, but there's work that has to be done in the systematic categories before we get there. But that's the whole point. Do the systematic work, then apply that systematic work to the issues of the day. Don't deal with the issues of the day and then try and shoehorn them into systematics and biblical categories. When we get that backwards, we end up with some really wonky and weird stuff. And so, um, you know, those are the two categories. That's what we're going to be talking about over this season. Uh, Lisa, any last words for our folks uh, as they prepare over this next week? For really, I mean, this was an introductory episode, right, right. but the first real main episode comes out next week. Any words for our uh, for our listeners? You know, just uh, listen with charity. That's that's you know, listen carefully and listen with charity. That that's all I can say. All right, Amen. And and my last words are simply this: I'm excited to be back. Yay! I'm same excited here. to be back. I'm excited to be doing this. Lisa, I'm excited to get to get together with you on a regular basis and talk through tough stuff. Um, I know that many people are blessed by your insights. I know I'm blessed by your oh, insights. You. And so I'm thrilled to be back. Season four, it's hard to believe that we're actually four seasons into this thing. That's that's mind-blowing Yeah. To me. But here we are. Four seasons into family discussion. We hope that you are willing to jump in and go on the ride with us. Um, but again, this is about Christ. It's about his church. It's about giving him glory. That's what we're about. Uh, so glorify Christ with us this season. That's my, that's my prayer. And we will see you on our next episode of Family Discussion. Well, thank you again for joining us for this week's Family Discussion. If you'd like to learn more or catch up on episodes you missed, head on over to our home at reformedmargins.com. There you'll find great content about a whole host of issues that we pray will bless your relationship with Jesus, including articles written by Lisa Spencer and me, Marcos Ortega. Family Discussion is a podcast of Reform Margins, a site dedicated to providing a platform for people of color to engage the larger Reformed and Evangelical conversations. Your hosts are Marcos Ortega and Lisa Spencer. Our producer is Larry Lynn. Family Discussion is hosted by Podbean and recorded with Audacity. If you like what you heard today, it would be a great help to us if you gave a quick review and rating on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite content so that you don't miss our next Family Discussion. <laughs>